0: All right. On three. Oh, you got a brew, too? Nice. Oh, we all got brews. Cheers, boys. Cheers. One, two, three. Episode one. Commence. (laughs) Untied Entertainment. We're blasting off. Cheers. 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 We're each going to get three stances or three different answers to whatever question or statement it is on that episode. So the question of the episode is... Best slash worst way to spend your six hundred dollar stimulus checks. Right. Yeah. From the government. Shout out. Yeah. Thanks for the money.
1: Thanks for the eighteen hundred dollars in a year. It's okay. Speaking of the government, <laughs>
0: you can hear them sirening past us. True. So each of us have three. we have more than three answers, but we have to Wait, we have up. more than three answers? I do.
2: Okay. We're spo- Do you have you- more than three answers?
0: I could come up
1: with it.
2: So I can
0: come up with it. It might not be good, but <laughs> I have more than three answers because we're gonna give our three our top three answers and then the rest are just for kicks. Right. All,
1: all, right. Right. all right, all right. So a uh, huge disclaimer for anyone that's listening to this, fuck you if you think that we should say save it or pay off debt, all right?
0: Yeah, we...
2: Yeah, no, where that's not the point. That's not the name of the game. Well, it's never. not
0: fuck you, but, like, we hear you. Like, yeah. Like, we get okay. it. There's better... Like, these aren't real answers, though they could be. Yeah, you, do, you can You can do whatever the hell you want with you. your own money. <laughs> yeah, it's your money, man. Live your life. All right. Um, well, with that being said, I think we have the rules established. We need... So, first place uh, is just going to get blaming... Or, not blaming... uh Bragging rights. Second place, you know, you're not first. First loser. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. Third, I think third last every single time should have some sort of punishment. Right. Some sort of, yeah. We
1: can come up with it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll figure time. that out. Yeah. Let's figure it out right now. All right. Um. So we're talking about $600. We're talking about money. We're talking about... Embarrassment. Yeah. Torture. So in my head, and I'm... Like, I was like, at first, we should go easy on each other. But I think <laughs> right for this date. for this first loss, one of us has to go on a street corner and play some kind of musical instrument until you're given $6. All right. Six bucks. That could It could literally happen in the first 10 minutes.
1: Do you not remember us hacky-sacking on the corner? Yes. For an hour? Yes. You know we, what maybe, but we you didn't, know have, that we, we we got didn't have a bucket or anything. We got avoided.
2: We got a real
0: avoided. But, all right, no, because... Can have, we cut I, to
2: that time lapse?
0: I have that one <laughs> instrument. You have a guitar. We have do a, you do you uh, play any instruments? I have,
2: I have a guitar, at, yeah. So I think I could get $6 pretty quick. All right, well, what other punishment? What other ideas? Unless, who has a drum set? We could set up a full-ass drum set on the corner.
0: <laughs> I have a drum set. Jefferson. A harmonica oh, yeah. on the street corner.
1: I would... I think we could get six bucks with a Especially harmonica. Especially like
0: a Friday night Wrigleyville. Yeah. Or you, you wouldn't even have to be any good. You just be like, Woo. Friday night when the bars <laughs> the harmonica. Whenever yeah. the whenever the whenever the bars do close, we'd go out around that time of closing when everybody's drunk. <laughs> and we'll either get six dollars or stabbed. Winner winner gets bragging rights. Second place is the first loser. And third place has to go on a street corner. We're always we're obviously going to document it. Um and play their instrument until they're given $6 by the public, not Some family sort of or in. friends. Some sort of instrument. Yes. Any. It can literally be a pale drum and two sticks, like whatever you want. Jackson, you're youngest. Maybe you go, I'll go, you go. Do you want to go one so, at a
2: time and circle through, or do you want to just give all three? One at a time. All right. So top of my list is Elon Musk's flamethrower.
0: You son of a- And... The, my the
2: overpriced fire extinguisher that they sell with it <laughs> all
0: adds up to six hundred dollars. Literally, look at my laptop. I don't want look to look at the first gonna... dude. I knew it. <laughs> Literally, it says Elon Musk flamethrower. Okay.
1: You guys are so basic.
0: It's no, that's um, like That was mine. Too. I'm okay with you saying that because um. Because you have extra. All right, I'm going next. All right, go ahead. So I don't get another one stolen. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready. its 3:04 Sunday, January 10th, as we are recording this. The Bears play literally in 35 minutes with your $600. You can take that money. You can put it on the Bears <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. Never, never doing it. <laughs> you can 600 put it on, gone. You can put it on the Bears to win the Super Bowl at 10000 which if they do... You have six million dollars.
1: Oof. Okay.
0: Don't worry about taxes; they're not real.
2: That—that <laughs> that, that is like my biggest thing. I wish I understood sports betting way more than I can okay. help you. Yeah. Right. yeah my I dad's always my okay.
1: dad's always like over under da 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 da, yeah. and I'm always like, "What are you saying?". See, your dad is Michael. For
2: you, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah.
1: He just walks around.
2: I'm Sunny
0: in the show. Yeah. Sunny.
2: Whatever. I mean, Sonny in the show is your full name. Yes. It's not his birth certificate, I
1: check
0: Yeah I mean, you could be a millionaire if Mitch Trubisky turns into Jesus Christ and Michael Jordan at the same time
1: Well, since the Bears are going to lose this game, and that doesn't matter My number one pick Not number one, one of my picks You ready for it? Yes For a mere $600, which is a possible punishment for the loser if we want to add it in the mix you can buy a book titled <coughs> – are you ready? Yeah, I know what it is.
0: A $600 book? Okay. Go. No,
1: no, no, no. Okay. You can buy 21 copies of How to Live with a Huge Penis. <laughs> that's a great book. <laughs> oh, you own it. <laughs> no, it's just a great title of a book is what I meant. But... All right, so hear me out. Loser passes out that book.
2: On the street corner <sighs> while playing an instrument? Yeah. If it's a harmonica, we could get one of those things that we holds could, the harmonica in place as your— We could, you're
1: we could <laughs> trade books for tips, and that'll be the book. How much are they? A dollar each. You just got to
0: sell six No, of them. No, no, They're no. not a dollar <laughs> each.
1: No, they're $29 each.
0: That's the only thing. I don't want to buy a $30. Like, how many are we going to have to buy if we're going to pass it out?
1: Okay, fair enough. Right, yeah. Still funny.
0: Still and very funny. How to live with a huge penis. You, you need this. You could buy— a- Hey,
1: man, I know you
0: need this. on the street corner just like— <laughs> harmonica? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is our first score. Um, All right, so you go again, Tyler. All right, me next. That's your name.
1: Now, I calculated it out for the first one. (laughs) This one, first, let me explain how I found my list. I put cool things for under $600 on Amazon. Mm Mm-hmm. Next up on the list is a putting green and putter, but tiny enough so you can play it on the toilet.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's worth $600.
1: It's worth $15. And then with all of your practice at home, you could buy real golf clubs with the rest of your money. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Wow. (laughs) Once you feel comfortable enough getting out on the green.
0: Let me get this right. You have six hundred dollars to spend. <laughs> and <laughs> what comes to your head is a fifteen dollar practice range. Shitter putter. <laughs> yeah.
1: I really want to up my golf game. I tried it last summer. If it came Dad.
2: with a little chipper, I would be like, Yeah, I could practice chipping and
1: putting. Yeah, so I'm, where I'm am I most shitter. comfortable? The shitter. At my
0: house. All it's right? also when you're the be most real? vulnerable. So. It's true. All right. So your golf game is worth the shit
1: we're starting at home and bringing it to the world
0: okay um i guess i'll go that was great um your answer and mine are a little different um for six hundred dollars how about a trip to cancun freaking mexico is 600 bucks? One recent deal Is... included on. flights and an all-inclusive resort stay at the fun All-Rit-Mo Cancun Resort and Water Park for a total under $500 per person. Not only were airfare, lodging covered in that price, but so were food, drink, nightly entertainment, supervised kids' activities if you have kids. Guess what? If you don't, that's more money in your pocket. All hotels, taxes, and gratuities, Wi-Fi. And unlimited access to the resort's on-site water park.
1: You had me on Wi Fi. I'm going on vacation to sit in the fucking hotel room.
0: That, joining before my computer took a shit. That was just one of them. I found so many trips that you could do. Okay. for right. five hundred dollars. We're different. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to play golf, not relax. But my last one is the best. Nobody's gonna have it. But go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Two, all right, you have two. Yeah. So for number two on mine,
2: I had the Oculus uh, Quest 2 with the complete advanced all-in-one virtual reality 256 gigabyte gaming headset. Uh, it's a family VR video bundle with was gonna say. four double A rechargeable batteries and a charger accessory set. And that is at 589 but with Taxes and shipping. It puts you at a at a roughly six hundred.
0: So for those that don't understand video games, can you explain it to them? Yeah, the life creator? sucks, and this
2: thing puts you in one that you can create from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best way to describe it. You basically put it on, and you can uh, you can like create a it's boundary. Yeah, it's a VR th- headset. Okay, and then you put it on, and you can like create the boundary of the however much space you have. So like. Uh, As soon as you stick your head out of that space, you can see it turns on the camera on the front of it. You can see outside of it. It is like—have
0: you done VR? I have. We might need the live stream VR. That would be so cool. I might actually buy like just a
2: bunch of us looking dumb as hell, like (laughs) Ready Player One. Basically, Ready Player One is what
1: what we're trying to accomplish in the real world. What
2: you've never seen, Ready Player One. Come on, man! No. It's one of the best Have movies you read of our book? generation.
0: Oh, it's a movie! Shout
1: out, bookworms! Oh no! Shout I, out! I know. I, I, I've read like three books
0: this year. Oh, really, dude? We're, it's like January tenth. He's like, I'm a flash. flash <laughs>
1: Sorry. It's like <laughs> that's really good. I try to forget. It's like I was so proud.
2: All right, so it would be our gaming headset with all the accessories, the full package bundle deal for your family and everyone. So that's cool. That. 600 bucks stimulus check, yeah, Look at that. you cool. can create a whole right new now. life for 600. dollars I would take that right now, yeah. You never got to leave your house again as long as you're cool with, like, you know, not eating. But, huh? <laughs> uh, for my number three, I had uh, a personal chef for roughly two months, Ooh. dreams oh. in Chicago. What that is, Chicago pricing for two months. Uh, it was like anywhere from three hundred to three fifty. Um, so roughly two months. A so month? it's a, it's a yeah. So three. There's yeah. no way. Mm-hmm. Yep. You yep. can
0: get a personal chef.
2: We're doing for, it for thirty 300. days.
0: Okay. Three, so three hundred and thirty. I
2: literally. You probably have to also pay for the food on top of that. Okay. But you can pay for him to just come chill with oh, okay. you for two, okay. Minute, okay. two months.
1: <laughs> like, please don't cook. Please just
2: thought, hang out. With yeah. Him. Just play Xbox. I Grab a moment. controller. Jump on in. <laughs> I
0: thought the food. I thought <laughs> the food was included. Out of it.
1: Yeah, you're playing. Yeah, come on,
2: jump in. Well, because
0: here. my my brother got a personal chef for his girlfriend for a birthday present. And what? And all the food was included.
2: Oh, so yeah, maybe it is. And it
0: was so good.
1: Is your but brother single?
0: He's not. Oh. I am. So yeah, so Shabby, that was my number three was that. Are you guys ready for me to bring the house down? Oh, God. How about the greatest month of your life? Chicago Cubs versus the St. Louis Cardinals, July 10th, day game. Listen, listen, let me finish. Chris Stapleton, July 17th, $130 field standing tickets. Guns N' Roses, July 26th, $250 field standing tickets. Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Weezer, August 15th, $150.
1: I'm already going to that concert. Those three
0: concerts combined equal $529. You can absolutely find a ticket to a Cardinals Cubs game for under $70 and go. So that is my final Maybe answer. in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. P.S. Yes, all these, all those are happening at Wrigley Field. Oh. So, yeah. That's another thing because it's our backyard. Yeah. So it's for that month you get five different concerts in a baseball game for 600 bucks. It's not bad. A Saturday day game, too.
1: That's fine. Like, that's
0: cool. The game to go So, through. like, that's priced for Chicago. Hey, you know
1: that uh, mm-hmm. that was pretty much my summer last year, and uh, COVID happened, so.
0: COVID, I hardly know her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you thought that was bringing down the house, <laughs> let me tell you what will bring down the house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> shout out couples. Couples, shout you ready? out. ready? Yeah. Well, no, not I really. mean, not really, but. Listen. I'm with Michael. On listen. Couples. <laughs> We'll do oh, a broken yeah. we'll do a broken Sorry hearts. guys.
1: You guys could do it together. <laughs> yeah. Couples. Okay. We'll do
0: a broken hearts podcast for Valentine's for <laughs> Day. And just won't include him.
1: Yeah. It's Fuck a, you. This is the only thing we do without Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. You're loved. <laughs>
0: All, right, All right, go ahead. Even though this is your fourth?
1: This is my third. I went twice and then passed. And it hasn't made me back. Gotcha. All right. My final item. So that means you can buy two of them. Would include a Nerf Elite Titan CS50 toy blaster.
0: (laughs) Please explain that. You ready?
1: (laughs) Yes. That's a fully motorized 50 dart drum spinning barrel minigun.
0: Oh, from Uh,
1: Nerf. Can you um,
0: blow it up? Can you put it bigger on the screen?
1: Yeah, look at this thing. Look at that
2: thing. Oh, Holy no, shit. I've seen that thing. Yeah, no, but like I wanted to see it again. You this could thing have is...
1: two of them. We you could get... have two of them. All right, that's, that's fights. That's, that's fights. Do you worth... have an argument? Bring out the Nerf fucking mini. Yeah.
0: Speaking of um, money, <laughs> you know who's probably really good with it? Who? Well, anybody in finance. Yeah. But you know who else might be really good with it? Who? Please tell me. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people in finance that probably go bankrupt. <laughs> probably, yeah. but you but know. Not who's, who? You know who's probably really good with money? who? I'm dying or, of anticipation. like you know, life in general. really? Give it to us. I'm Marianne oh. Marianne McLaughlin. Yep. Who is obviously our first guest. Um what? Just an awesome woman, uh awesome human. Super cool, super genuine, super real. Uh, Check, check, check. Her resume is incredible. Um, She's incredible. Can't say it enough. Yeah. Uh, She's she's, amazing. She's from Peoria. Shout out. Because us Peorians rock. Okay. Yeah, great. Thank you. (laughs) you on. Do you want an applause? Yes. Uh, Anyways... (laughs) We'll clap for Marianne because she is the shit. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy Marianne's interview. Yeah, it's an it's it's super cool, uh, super informative. She's just an amazing, kick-ass person on this world. Um, we're incredibly grateful for the time that she gave us because she did not have to give us as much time as she did. Um, yeah, you guys got anything, Dad?
2: I just feel like there were a lot of takeaways that I I had, and like since then, like have just been trying to like think more in that mindset that she's you know she's just such a a winner
1: (laughs) so you're trying to be a winner
2: right more of a winner yeah yeah but she has that winner mindset so i think i think that's a great thing that anyone can take away from this podcast so So if you
1: want to be a winner yeah just tune in just just think like marianne
0: if you are a loser i guess you can skip our first episode (laughs) (laughs) don't listen (laughs) all right y'all That's not what i meant enjoy the interview i mean it later (laughs) Peace out.
3: Cool. <laughs> Would you like me to talk? Testing, testing. Is yeah. This is my yeah, regular good. voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was
2: just making sure. Okay.
3: Right, just good. Because yeah. you want to hear me. I mean, yeah. that's kind of why. I'm right, here. yeah. Oh, she is guest. Are we <laughs> recording? Yeah. Right. Cheers.
2: Mary yes.
3: Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Cheers. 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 And we are six feet away from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all roughly. It
0: mm-hmm. takes all of us. All right. So. Um, Mary Ann McLaughlin currently serves as the managing partner. Time
3: Mhm.
0: Oh, I said
3: it wrong. It's yeah. McLaughlin.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, you, you should have heard how many times he was like McLaughlin, McLaughlin, McLaughlin. He's
3: like sitting mean, in here. I'm, I'm like McLaughlin, but it's McLaughlin. Yeah. McLaughlin actually, is hysterical <laughs> when people say that.
2: <laughs> well, for a comedy themed podcast. <laughs> for one, <laughs> one for
3: one. Mary Ann McLaughlin.
0: Currently serves as a managing partner and co-owner at Butler Street with Mike Jacktow, which is a consulting firm that perfects client and talent development. Marianne has a bachelor's degree in marketing and psychology from Bradley University, Peoria. woo Yep. <laughs> uh, her resume consists of consulting, client retention expertise, coaching executives, 30-plus years in successful sales, sales management, training C-level executive experience, and most obvious, leadership. Currently, she has led Butler Street to becoming recognized as a top 10 leadership development training company. She's a volunteer member of the American Staffing Association of Women and Leadership and serves as the foundation chair on the board of St. Joseph President's Hospital in Chicago. She's also an active mentor with the Professional Women's Club of Chicago. Outside like of being an absolute kick-ass businesswoman and volunteer, she runs, which has resulted in four marathons and several triathlons. She is currently setting her goals on qualifying for the Boston Marathon. She's a mother of two, a sister... A wife, but above all else, she will need your thoughts and prayers because she's agreed to be our very first guest. So Marianne. Ouch. <laughs> right, yeah. Thank, thank right. you so much for coming
3: on to the show. My pleasure. Okay. So I just have to say you now went public with my Boston Marathon goal. Right, yeah. So no going back. Thanks. No going, <laughs> no no going back. Yeah, we, we really
2: locked you into uh-huh, that one. Uh-huh. Well, my
3: brother's that, so. Yeah. 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 A, I've got I was I had gone semi public. Now it's total public. So,
2: well, <laughs> technically, this is a recording, so it's not public yet. <laughs>
3: no, <it's> fair.
0: <laughs> um, so to start, I want to go back to Bradley. Okay. Um, in old Peoria. Are you born and raised from Peoria?
3: I am born and raised in Peoria. Okay. Yes.
0: Um, I, you see the Scootie. I have a Jimmy's
3: bar Ah, uh, okay. I know the Cruisins. Yes. Mm. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so fresh or fresh into college, did you have an idea of where you wanted to go career-wise? Kind of taking back to, like, your mentality of going into college because, like, everybody has their own reason to go or not to go. So, like, kind of, yeah, take us back there and what what your mentality was.
3: Okay. This might surprise you. (laughs) My um, mentality as a senior in high school was to get married and have babies. Wow. Mm -hmm. I had no desire to go to college. I went uh, to manual high school. So you're probably familiar with manual manual has about 5% of the students that go on to some higher education. Mm -hmm. So it was like, not a thing. It was home ec and wood shop and that kind of stuff. And I had a long-term boyfriend and that's just kind of what I thought my next step was going to be. And my actual, one of my teachers and counselors said, uh, no, you're going to college. Oh wow! Yes, <laughs> the kind <of> <laughs> they did. They said, you know, I, what are you thinking here? Because I was in, I was in the advanced classes, and my brother, just as a side note, we can talk about him later, is a rocket scientist. Wow! Who's just literally. a year older than me. Yeah, literally, that's his. I mean, he's brilliant. Wow. So I have a tiny bit of those genes. Yeah. Being, you know, so yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's in the family. So they were, they were, you know, you have Tim, the rocket scientist, and then me, who's like. I'm just going to get married. So that didn't compute with most people. So my um, counselor, who I'm forever indebted to, was a Bradley supporter, and he said, here's the deal. I can get you some financial aid at Bradley University, give it a semester. And I loved it, like every single second of it. Yes, I did break up with my hometown boyfriend about a month into school, and that was my mentality. So So. you...
0: You were kind of brought into this whole new world, and did you kind of figure out that? It's like, wow, I can I can actually make something of myself instead of just kicking back and having kids?
3: Yeah, so it was—well, actually, wasn't that easy. It um, wasn't that kind of a turn. It was, fortunately for me, my high school best friend's father was a—you guys will love this. He was the speech professor at Bradley. Okay. So yeah. she was going because she could go for free. So— my best friend was my roommate. She had no interest, really, in going in college. But at least we had the same background and we knew each other well, so we were able to support each other into this college experience. What was a real, like, sort of head fake was everybody was so intense and so rich. Mm-hmm. Relative, like, we were like, we are so out of our league. It took a while to be like, I think we can, I think we can make some adjustments here.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> what What grade roughly did you figure out? Like. Oh, career path like this. I have an idea of what I want to
3: do. I think I knew I wanted to be in business from the beginning. I started as an accounting major, and because I, math was kind of my thing, and so I figured, well, Why that's not? the math right. thing, right? People. And I realized that was extremely boring. And so boring. <laughs> I just
1: took my first accounting class. It was horrible. It's, I was like, accounting is not me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, the, conceptually, you think, okay, this is like yeah. you know, it's like smart stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. It's mis- Dreadful. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. So I took a marketing class and research, actually, and I loved it. So I, I, I really started to take research and sales classes. And the sales class was actually the one that got me really convinced that that's the direction I wanted to go. Because the sales teacher was an IBM salesman, and it was a night oh, class. Okay. So it just was like he was the real deal, and it was fun. And I'm like, okay, now I can do this.
0: Yeah.
2: That's super cool. That's awesome.
0: Um, It's like, I always find that so interesting because, I mean, I was, when I was getting out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had some scholarships for sports, but I knew if I went to school, I was like, I'm just going to waste my time and my money because I have no idea what I want to do. So, and I was so jealous of everybody in my class that was like, yeah, I'm going to be this. Like, I'm going to do this. And then I was like, I don't have an answer for you. I have zero idea. Um, So the different routes people take is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but I also don't think like college should be so forced as it is right now. Um, Go
3: ahead. I'm where I'm completely with you. I have to back you up a second and say, you know, you're, you feel like everybody had their act together. Mm -hmm. It's so not true. (laughs) It's so not true. Like, you know, everybody thinks everybody else has their act together. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. But I completely agree with you. And I, I, I think... I suspect that with COVID, this whole, like, college being the path and this way to go has to change. Virtual school
2: sucks. Uh, I agree completely. Sucks. Can they're I Can I right? interject real quick? Yeah, so, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why you guys gave me a mic. Uh, so I can interject. Um, yeah, I will agree because I have a very similar, like, story as where I – people were like, what do you want to do for college? You know, while I was going through high school, I'd be meeting with counselors. I'd be like, mm mm-hmm. You know, sort of deal, and it just kind of was like, I don't really see any benefit in it because I'd been working every summer with my dad in marketing. Exactly. So I was like, oh, it kind of feels like a waste to go learn marketing
3: (laughs) when I've already been Been, in been doing
2: it, and I sit in all these meetings and stuff, and. You know, so I got there and then they wanted you to dress up and do the whole thing. And I was like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not like if that's what you like. Like they wanted me to wear a tie and do these things. And I was like, I'll wear like a T-shirt and a jacket. But like, that's it, you know, sort of deal. And kind of kept moving through. And then finally they were like, why don't you just do the communication department? So that's where I found like broadcasting and all that. And then, you know, fast forward to me taking classes at Second City, meeting Michael, and here we are. You are.
3: <laughs> and you're still in school. I am still
1: in school. I'm at DePaul. Okay. Um, I actually, yeah. Blue Devils. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I actually met Michael on accident uh True.
3: that happens a lot yeah. from what i understand by extreme accident mm-hmm. we were
1: on the way up to ship out to basic training and his driver got a flat tire or something yeah or went in a ditch so we had to a frame in yeah. his car
3: i love that
1: yeah our drive i was like so pumped i was like sweet we're gonna get this started and my driver was like we have to go an hour out of the way i was like for what
0: <laughs> and then, for me yeah for that's no.
3: crazy yeah. Yep.
0: um <laughs> but then like fast forward our story we had the same hotel room in Chicago to ship out to BMT. Like, we sat next to each other on the flight. We were put into the same military flight, and then that was, like, eight and a half weeks. Yeah. And then we shipped to the same tech school tech school in Virginia Beach. And then for our first station, you got to go to California— and I
3: got
2: to go to Wyoming. <laughs> 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 that, that that sounds like fate was like trying to yes. keep you guys. No, no, and you guys would like split up for a minute and then be put back together. We did road trip. And then fa- then fate it. was like you guys probably had enough of each other. That's Wyoming, right. California. Right,
3: enough of that. <laughs> we suck. Um. So your career. What was your first job at a college? Um. So as I as I went through like my last couple of years in college, I really wanted to focus in on sports marketing. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I like that kid that like gym was my favorite class. You know, I get that right. Recess and gym, my favorite class. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that's cool when kids say that I, I do. Um, Anyway, I thought that that would be a really cool thing to go into, not realizing that there's very few jobs. There were very few jobs back then in sports marketing. But the Civic Center was opening that year, oh. and the Peoria, now Rivermen, prior were called Prancers. I don't know if you know that. I'm so glad they changed it. Yes. The, <laughs> pri- the Peoria Prancers, and it was a reindeer logo. Oh. Yes. God. So they were just coming to Peoria. It's a new sport. Oh. They needed a marketing person. Mm. Voila. No way. So you got it. yeah. Oh, okay. so I was like the public relations and I am using air quotes here, salesperson, marketing person for this um hockey hockey organization that was a farm league of the Calgary Flames. So it was really an interesting an interesting time. It was um it was like a startup, but you had this the Calgary players would come down right. and or their farm leagues, you know, mm-hmm. so they had some of these kids that were really Going to be good, and we're being well taken care of by the the parent companies, and then this just the scrappy kids that want to play, and um, everybody in Peoria was kind of angry about the civic center because there was this tax that they didn't get to vote on, and hockey. So I'm going to, literally door to door trying to sell program advertising and group tickets and things like that. But I had the best time. It was kind of that good crosswalk between college and real life. Yeah. You know?
1: Getting to put the skills to test.
3: Yes. And it was really like 80 parties a year, because there were 80 games a year. It was like after the games, everybody went out, like our team with the hockey teams and the groupies, and so it was another (laughs) big party. (laughs) And then Yeah, it was. It was a great job. They made no money. They were going bankrupt, and I think I nearly went down with the ship. So then I moved to a real job. I got a job with Standard Register, which is a printing company in sales. And I only took the job to get out of Peoria. I'm like, I've got to find an opportunity to get somewhere bigger. And this is a national company. They have offices everywhere. And so truly my goal was to just do a couple years there. And I was there for 20 years. I mean, I really loved it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: Thanks. That's remarkable. Yeah. Um, For the record, I I would put it out there that, like, level A, double A, triple A, like, whatever sport – is almost better than going to the real stuff because beer is cheaper <laughs> and I mean, the tickets
3: are cheaper. And it's so fun. It's so fun. So my best like, childhood memories
0: my dad taking us to Riverman games and he's like, eat what do you want.
3: <laughs> right. It's, it was great. So I will tell you, you guys will appreciate this. The, it was kind of like everybody was a utility player there. Yeah. So at one point we had, gosh, I can't even remember the guy's name, but he was like the son of a famous sports announcer from Milwaukee. Okay. And he did he did the games on the radio. So you sit up in that box, you know, and you're doing the play-by-play and all that kind of stuff. And so one time he said, "Miran, would you like to do color with me in the booth or whatever? It wasn't even a booth. It was a table. And I said, sure. But I was so into the game and I knew all the players. So I asked him, like, what? should I do? And he's like, oh, just, you know, describe whatever, the color of the uniforms or a little statistic about them. Like, just kind of, you know, jump in. I said, okay. So we start and, and like, the game is going and I'm cheering. So I'm screaming in the microphone, like, every time something happens. And he's, like, looking at me, like, stop it. And he, like, kicked me out after about 10 minutes. He's like, "This it's not working. (laughs) So I little a little nervous about this whole microphone thing Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah you, listen you can say whatever you want and no one will ever hear it unless you go that was good
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes can we do over
0: um looking back at your career is there like one particular just terrible awful like learning like failure moment that you're like that was awful at the time but looking back I learned so much from it
3: Oh, my gosh, there's so, so many. Um, so one of the first ones was I had, a, um, I had a customer who was really, really mean. He didn't actually want to do business with us, but it was, he was told to. It was one of those kind oh, of things, uh. right? So every time I would go and see him, and I'm maybe a year into the job at Standard Register, which is a printing and, and label company, and he runs a hospital. And so he, um, he gave me a couple of orders that were needed, like, immediately. He said, these, I need these in whatever, 10 days. And they were really, really it was really hard to make something like that in 10 days. But of course I was too nervous to tell him that. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. So mm-hmm. I, I leave and I say, okay, yeah, you know, we'll do it. And then right. I'm on the phone and I'm begging our plants to get everything done. And they're they're moving mountains to, to get this done. These are emergency room forms. So I'm thinking they're life or death, right? Yeah. They're emergency yeah. or the people yeah. come to the emergency room, you need the forms and on the, the form is a label. So you go in and it prints out all this information about you. And then they take the labels and they put them on the blood tubes that you take and different things like that, right? So I get a call from our plant that's doing the label portion of it, and they said, hey, do these labels go on the test tube the long way or around, you know, the circular Mm -hmm. way? And I was way too afraid to call the guy and ask him, so I just chose something. I just made it up. I'm like, uh, the long way. Why? And they said, well, it makes a difference because they put the blood in a centrifuge thing, which is a thing that circles really, 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 really fast. And the labels could fly off if we make them the wrong way. So now I'm too afraid to tell him that I just made it up. Right. So I like, am just praying that this is all working. So I, (laughs) when the samples came in, so we delivered them and there's a whole other story behind that, but they got there on time. There was maybe two emergency room forms left when the the box arrived that I actually hand delivered. But I grabbed a sample and I put a label on the test tube the way I told him mm. and I like watched it and I would put it and like spun it around in water and I did all kinds of things. I actually still have it oh my, oh in wow. my drawer at home to remind me to never do anything that stupid. Wow. Because think about it, I mean if your like blood labels were yeah. attached to someone else's, sorry whoever's listening yeah. to this, that was a really bad move. Nobody died <laughs> and I did choose the right answer. But I, I learned did. a huge lesson. <laughs> wow. Um,
0: when, when did you move to Taylor Communications?
3: So uh, that was Standard Register, actually. Oh, okay. It got purchased by Taylor after I left.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. But you were an executive there. And I, I read that you were an executive for there, and you did work. And you had the best team in the industry, and you grew your sales – or one, your $1 million client sales from 17 – Yes,
3: that's, That's, yes. So that's interesting. Um, anything that was on my like LinkedIn or any background that said standard register is now says Taylor. So that's kind of that. So, so it was standard register at the time. Um, and this is actually where I got connected to Mike, and that's how we've been business partners ever since. Gotcha. So we, as a company, were very focused on customer service and taking care of, like, the people next door, like, business card orders or letterhead orders, anything that they needed. Small. We, we were small and customer service oriented. So Mike comes in. He had been with another company. And he very shortly said, you all have the best products, you have amazing training, and you're playing way too small. Like, we got to go after these big accounts because it takes the same effort. So he built a national account group. So that's where I was able to join into the national account group right when he was building it. And really, at that time, we had only 11 accounts nationally that that bought a million dollars or more with us, and it was like that was our target. We only could go after a million dollar or more accounts. Wow, so wow. so fun! Oh my yeah, God. yeah.
0: Um, so obviously, with like that success, um, you have to work as a team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that team in mind, like what pretty much in your opinion, what make or breaks like a team pursuing one common goal?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well pursuing one common goal is the is the secret sauce, right? You have to be able to articulate it and you have to be able to make sure that everybody agrees to it from a team perspective because you can say yes, I'm on I'm you know, I'm on board or I agree, but if the actions don't match, it's pretty pretty obvious right away. So, I think that's the the most important thing. Is do we all know where we're going? Do we have a north star and are we willing to work as a team to get there? Right. So right. without that, I think it's hard, no matter where you are, no matter how big or small the team is. Um, you probably are, have heard the four cornerstones of success a few times from your brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, to me, really sums everything up. You know, it's it it. The four cornerstones start with the first two: are get your mind right. It's attitude and personal accountability. And you, if you don't have the right attitude. And if you're not willing to take personal accountability for your failures or for for what you said you were going to do or your role on the team, then everything breaks down. Mm-hmm. And then – so that's just about getting your, your mind in the right place and then you get your actions right. So perseverance, which we all know how that feels, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and habit. And that's probably the hardest is is getting –
0: the consistency
3: yeah, yeah getting the right habits and getting rid of the bad habits mm-hmm. and that takes a team to be able to call people out to say dude <laughs> you know
0: how much um like how much does ego actually affect like the business world
3: <laughs> <laughs> the heck, yeah. she's like how <laughs> much time I was how, was how long say like on a scale of what to what <laughs> cuz i mean like
0: looking at the business world i mean it seems pretty obvious that like hey and then social sales, like, hey, we want you to sell – or we want to sell this. Will you buy it? Yes or no. Um, but it's it's just interesting how one person with a hot head or they're just too full of themselves can take – just take it all away.
3: hmm You know, it's it, – I don't – I can't say how much does ego affect it because I think ego affects everything. Right. Right? No idea. But – I do hope, and I'm kind of switching the the direction here just a tiny bit, because I've been thinking about this a lot from a COVID perspective. The, the ego leadership, the ego behaviors and that kind of thing that may have worked pre-COVID can't work now because people have to be much more, they have to communicate in a different way, right? You're not ever really together from a work perspective. So you, if you're a hothead or if you're not, if you're not, good at speaking your true feelings and getting it out there, you're going to suffer. And people are really uncomfortable with that. Myself included. I've just, it's just not the way, you know, you haven't been like super emotional about conversations and vulnerability has been sort of swept under the rug in business. And now it's, it's like the price of success. So I think the ego piece of it, I believe will be more under control than it maybe has been in the past. it's my prediction. Can
2: I ask? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Keep it moving. Um, uh, so what do you think between authenticity and, uh, and vulnerability? Like, how do you think that those play hand in hand or do you not think they do?
3: Oh, I think they completely do. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, they're almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you truly are your authentic self, then you're going to not... Be worried about being vulnerable in a situation where you may not know or you may have made a mistake or whatever it might be right you know and just even again it kind of goes back to the uh, the vulnerability piece probably pulls in the feelings a little bit more mm-hmm. you know like are you okay because
2: because you know. in my head I always made the connection of like authenticity is kind of what you said where vulnerability was kind of swept under the rug it's like like the vulnerability without the emotions for business, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like, like they made a new thing. They're like, we made a new word, so we don't got to worry about it.
3: We're just going to be authentic. <laughs> yeah, it, it's
2: authentic. Yeah, the word's authentic instead of vulnerable.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have to be together or you're really it's, happy and authentic. That's yeah. a, a good point. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. I don't know. Did any of you grow up with dads who were like the strong silent type? Oh, yeah. No.
0: I My mean. My dad was pretty obvious about. And how he was feeling. Right, yeah. Okay. My
2: dad's a hot He's got a temper a little bit no, I'm sometimes. Not,
3: I'm not saying that.
2: But, like, uh, like just the fact that, like, my dad will, like, he's very, I think that's where I learned authenticity from is from my father. And, and not that he's a hot because, like, it, he'll, yeah, he's, he's not, just, kidding. no, he's not. He's so cool. But he's, <laughs> like, he's very, f- f- like, very, like, like, yeah, direct. Like, this is how I feel. You know what I mean? And I'm always just like, whoa, calm down, man. Go like, home. you know what I mean? Like, that's how, like, I'm like, yo, be, quit being a hothead.
3: Go <laughs> he, home and thank him.
2: Yeah, I know, right? He gave me so much emotional intelligence, and that's I just right. can't even grasp
0: it. Yeah, the
3: rest of us have to figure it out. That's yeah.
0: right. It's <laughs> true. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about improv. Okay. Because, um, obviously, Robert Reed, a Second City alumni, you hired him. um I'm curious about the first time you saw improv mesh with the business world. And was that the time where like it hit your head like, oh, I can I should bring this into my own company? Or did it take a couple of times to kind of elaborate on how that? Yeah, played?
3: that's a really good question. So actually, Robert Reed came into our company because of you. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that? No, I didn't. So I, I had worked with Robert's brother, Richard. He was a strategic sales guy in one of my organizations and I adored him and I was with your brother speaking to Michael's brother. Um, (laughs) and he was telling me that you were interested in improv and I'm like, I know a guy whose brother is an improv. I've never met him, but like Richard's a great guy. So I just called Richard right then. And I said, Hey, you know, my friend's brother wants to meet your friend's brother (laughs) to talk improv. And he's like, you know, he doesn't do improv anymore or he isn't, he isn't in Chicago anymore. That's what yeah, I thought he was in still in Chicago. And he's like, he's moved back to Florida and he started his own company. And I was like, oh, wow. And he said, well, um, I'll send, I'll text you, you know, his phone number. So I called Robert and told him about you. And he's like, oh, happy to help him. I'd love to talk to him. And so I asked him a little bit about what he was doing. He said, oh, I just started my own company about, I don't know, eight months ago to do improv and these, these, um, he was telling me about his uh, second city that he had done some corporate training. And so he was trying to get that kicked off the ground. He said, I love the improv stuff. I just, I'm not that good at sales. I like, that's not my thing. When he was in staffing, he had done recruiting. So he knew sort of our strike zone. We're, we're focused on the staffing industry. So he already had staffing background. He's an improv guy and needed help with sales. And I'm thinking, okay, there's, there's probably a connection here. And, this was pre COVID. So it wasn't all about the virtual stuff. So he said, we're, we're always looking for, you know, additional trainers. And I didn't know whether or not the improv would fit at that point in terms of into what we did, but I thought it'd be a nice add on. So he's like, I'm in like, let's, you know, let's, let's have a conversation. So he came to one of our live training sessions and afterward, he said, you guys are funny. Like you have funny things in there. Like part of the training really is enjoyable. I think that, that I could add a few improv exercises and really it would fit well and not take away from the content. And so I, I, I just picked up the book, Yes, And, and started to like really understand, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I had seen a Harvard Business Review article about leadership training and how many people were using improv. And so I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's let's build it in. And it's been so, so great. So great for our training.
0: With the customers or maybe just your overall employees, like what's the biggest difference you see improv bringing out of people from the business world?
3: Yeah. So I think uh, from from the folks that are being trained, um, they are much faster to be open because, you know, how like it takes a while to warm an audience Mm -hmm. up and to get them to speak and we're giving them new skills and then asking them to practice, practice a voicemail, practice being in front of a customer and, you know, getting an objection. And so he very quickly adds some things in the very front part of the training to make people vulnerable and laugh and be okay with just messing up. Right. And so that really did help a lot of just give that comfort to people to be able to do it, but still keep the tension high enough that they're learning, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so that from a learner perspective was great. The customers, I think also were, it's just different. It's so unique. You know, people go to sales training and leadership training and all kinds of training and you don't get that kind of enjoyment it's not you know it's just absolutely so different
1: the the leadership classes i've taken are like all right everybody sit down in this auditorium we're gonna click through this powerpoint yeah Yeah, it's horrible so i'm very interested in this because i know improv people i don't do it myself and then um i'm very interested in the business world so hearing it sounds very interesting
3: i'm
2: I'm have you have you ever done uh tony robbins
3: i I've done his uh virtual comeback challenge
2: oh, okay. Yes. so I got a chance through we did it like a team building thing through the company uh, and it was uh out in Schomburg. It was one of the coolest things, and you're like so pumped up and you're like and it was like the firewalk and they were like like getting you pumped up for like 12 hours it's just like like dancing to music and you're like what and they're like you can do whatever you want (laughs) they're like you just gotta take it and I'm like I'm gonna take it you know like and it was just like insane and you're like and then I I just remember getting to the firewalk and like I'm like sitting there the whole time like this is gonna be awesome I'm gonna walk on fire it's gonna be great and then I get to the front of the line and they're like, you're next. And I'm like, I don't remember how to walk on the fire. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I don't even remember them brushing over that. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were just like, you got this. And like, they were like, gave like no like steps. And then I was like, all right. And I like looked at the guy in front of me. I'm like, oh, it can't be that hard. So I just like looked up and was like thinking about cold things because that's what they told you. they like to say cool moss and walk across. And I was like, okay. So I did it. And I was like, oh my God, my feet didn't catch on fire. This was super cool. I feel empowered. I was like, who knows what I can accomplish next? But, like, so, like, they, I've been in those and I've also been in, like, leadership ones where they're like, mm-hmm. but still with that one, it was just like pumping you up. It was yeah. giving you the confidence.
1: Walking on fire sounds way better. It right. Really yeah. Does. Cause, cause you're
2: not like, so it's a cool thing. It's expensive, but it's like definitely worth it to, like, get in that mindset. But it was, um, it was just like a, it was mind-blowing. But, I mean, also, I've been in ones that are like, you should be a leader, click.
0: <laughs> 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 I've been saying that we'd rather walk on fire than look at the fire. Sit in an
3: attitude. I, I was sign me up for that, too. I'd rather walk on fire. Right?
2: Like, like, I'd rather walk on something that someone just dumped out coals and torched instead of someone's like, oh, I spent four weeks preparing this PowerPoint. And I'll be like, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to walk on the fire.
3: Yeah oh my gosh and and you know the other thing that's been really really good for for us and for the learners is so much of improv these two know that is is about being very good listeners as it is with leadership and sales and business and being able to to listen and have good conversations and continue conversations which is the whole yes and and all the listening exercises so we have found it's very easy to tie it back to our training, and people, that's highly memorable, like you're walking on fire, way more than if somebody had it on a PowerPoint. You should be a good listener, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. a part of effective communication, mm-hmm. which
1: obviously is a point of sales if you can't talk to and connect to the people you're trying to bring in I mean you're gonna fail instantly
3: that's right that's well, right
2: and and with sales and improv I have to imagine that it kind of not necessarily got rid of the old-fashioned call scripts you know like you picture the call center with a giant book for every scenario yes but it's I feel like with improv like I because I started uh, you know making sales calls at a company and they were it was like here's a script here's this and I was like okay and then I was like but people don't want to talk to someone reading from a piece of paper.
3: So interesting you said that. So we're big fans of scripts.
2: Okay. Uh-huh.
3: But. No, this is good. No, I was just, I was, just, comes I was curious. All the time. Comes up all the time because people, if you, so here, here's what I would ask you. What's a, what's a movie that made you cry?
2: Marley and Me? That was a script. Right.
3: Right? Yeah. But it was so well known in the person who was saying it, that they were able to put their own spin on it and add emotion and things like that. So if you're going to have a script, don't read it. Right. You <laughs> know it. So that's the kind of thing, like why, what, what, what we don't want our salespeople to do or anyone that has to be in a situation that you can prepare for is to use their brain power thinking about what they should say. Right. You want to use your brain power thinking about what this relationship is and, yeah. and, and, and am I communicating effectively and how are they receiving it instead of what words should I come up with? So mm-hmm. that's why we, we want the right. script por- portion of it. Yeah, And
2: right. like the short little stint I did spend in sales, I was like, I realized people wanted to talk more when I was focused more on like, how can I help you? Like how, what can I get you from this exchange as opposed to like, you should pay me money and I'll get commission. You know what I mean? Like, do, do, it's a do, terrible do, way to start off a call. I'll give you that. It, it
3: really is. But you're <laughs> shocked at how many people do. <laughs> Not exactly those words, but we might as well. Do you know that's our motto? Solve your customers' problems, you'll solve your own. Yeah. So just, like, try to figure out what their problems are. Give them something, and, and they'll give you the business. Yeah. So... Yeah, but we, every, single, every single training class, you have people that are like, oh, no, 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 scripts. That, that comes up all the time. And my thought was with Robert from an improv perspective that he would be the antithesis of a script. Right. He is probably more like, I need to know exactly what this is about and yeah. the words that are going to have to happen and how, what I need to say than anybody. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't compute. You're an improv guy. <laughs> but it's the same concept, right? You know what you're trying to accomplish, and you practice that a lot before you actually go live.
0: Well, in those, those scripts, like, my, one of my biggest takeaways from improv and a writing class I did, obviously, is that, like, you can't rewrite something, like, you can, you can rewrite something an infinite amount of times. Like, it can pretty much always get better. Like, there is a chance of, like, uh, overwriting, I guess, mm-hmm. but it's, like, when it comes to putting, like, creativity on paper, it's people, I mean, I'm I'm guilty myself. I would put something down, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing, and then I show it to my teacher, and he's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know why? Because, like, it can do this. It can, you could say this, and this, and that, and this, and that, so it's interesting that he, because I understand why he was so hard on, like, I need to understand every part of the picture, so that way he can maximize it to, like, its limit.
3: Exactly. So I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I 100% um, get what he's saying. Yep. I just want to add one more no, thing to so for me personally, he has given me permission to be sillier. Yeah. And that's I really appreciate that, you know, cuz that just is like, oh I wait. I think
1: everybody needs yeah. yeah. I think yeah. F- everybody stand to have stuff. more of that. Right. Yeah. And
2: and I think even in business that would have to play a better cuz I would like I am personally tired of getting on a call and being like hi 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 you know what I mean (laughs) like 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 silliness is it gotta go hand in hand with the authenticity and Mm -hmm. the vulnerability that we were talking about like it's you know what I mean it's all encompassed in that where you gotta like it just helps break that down it's probably even better in sales right
3: yeah it is and it's certainly better in training so it's um yeah it and you know who doesn't love to laugh right yeah
0: Um, My brother's going to kill me for this, but that reminded me of, he took me to, like, a junior board meeting for, I don't know, one of the things he does. And we were sitting in this conference room, and, like, people were filing in, and it was just, like, the small conversations were driving me nuts, because they felt so forced. And I was like, can someone just...
3: Have some Yell, fun, like scream
0: <laughs> something. And like it felt like robots were walking in, but they were all like around his age, so it's not like it was like a crazy age difference or anything. And I was just like, like right there, I was like, yeah, I made the wrong, or I made the correct choice of not going into a school. But the small combos. Are just like, I can't, I can't. Well, <laughs> That's I, a true I, talent.
3: I <laughs> it is a true talent, uh, but I will say, I, I'm, I've been exposed to the the board. I, I don't know if it is. It, was it in actually being held in the hospital corporate office? No, it wasn't the hospital. It was, okay. it was
0: downtown in the workspace. I think.
3: Okay. Because they, um, they they're very buttoned It was. Up. It was, it was, for, it was for the hospital. <laughs> okay. Stuff. Okay. He's
0: he like, yeah, I want you to come to it. You can, you can <laughs> learn from it. I was like, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> People are robots. So
2: like... <laughs> I was waiting for someone's batteries to fall out. <laughs> that's like... that's
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: Exactly. It's like, oh, those are my nine <laughs> volts. Uh. Um,
0: so through your entire life, I'm curious, what does Marianne think, like, her biggest, um, her biggest talents are, and what, what is something you're just awful at?
3: What is something I want Or,
0: uh, like, completely awful at, that like, you should, like, a person in your position should be better at, or, like, what's the most useless talent you have?
3: Oh, and wow. It
0: doesn't have to be business. It can be anything. We're
3: bringing up honesty. Yes. Let's see. What I'm really, really awful at is singing. Same. I mean, but I'm also very competitive, and I believe that anybody can learn anything. So years ago, I had—maybe like five years ago, I said to my family, I think I I can learn to sing because— why, how, why, why couldn't I learn right, to sing, why right? Not, why, not? why not? Get lessons, practice, I should be able to learn to sing. So, And they're like, no, not you. But it's like it's not – you can't learn to sing. And so that it just became a long-running joke until Christmas when I got singing lessons as a Christmas present from my family, <laughs> which How was a, you? horrified. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up going to these singing lessons in a place similar to this. Like I'm like, you know, in this the closet, the yeah, closet. no, no, like a, just a small like, you know, place, but it was a living space as well. The yeah. woman who's that's teaching me and I actually was improving, but not to the point where I wanted to get on stage. And at one point, I know I'm taking this story too far, Maybe but so at one point I'm, I'm, practicing my song and this, um, uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what song it was, <laughs> but I, I remember the song that I'm going to tell the part of the story about. So, and in comes her next client and she's like, Oh, you know, Joe, come on in. And I'm like, wait, you're inviting somebody into my singing lesson. And so she's like, Joe is, he's like, uh, uh, on plays and, you know, he does like, this is his profession and he's just honing his skill." And so she's like, "Why don't you guys do a duet?" So she sets up like um, the Aladdin song, and so he's like, "I can," I say, "I can't sing." So I, he sings, "I can show you the world," like, and it bellows it out, and it's just great. And the stuff comes up, and then it's my turn, and I'm like, "Hey, can <laughs> show." It was. I was in a full body sweat. It was like awful, and I never went back. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I did karaoke though, just to prove that I can like get through a song, and that was my. Uh... That's my kind of singing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crazy we <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm glad I did it. But so. Well, and
2: and I think uh, with like the whole singing thing, like it it doesn't. I think it just comes down to like the letting yourself fail. You know what I mean? Like in order to learn the skill. No, 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 no! No, he's no. right. I, I'm just saying is right. like like you should know better than anyone. No,
3: I, I, <laughs> it's it's that and letting yourself be embarrassed. Right, and, think, and uh,
2: it's like the, that's like I would argue the hardest skill in ever to learn. Singing? No, no like just being just, able to like yeah. fail but yeah. like fail with confidence.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Breanne Brown said that singing is um, second to being naked. That vulnerability. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't even, I would be like,
0: get John out of here. (laughs) Our our first day of, um, our first day of, our first class of improv, level A, uh, I was like, please no singing, please no singing. (laughs) Literally the first game was, our teacher was, get in a circle, uh, someone starts singing a song, whatever song, like, you kind of relate that to, jump in the circle and start singing
3: it. Oh, wow. And
0: I was like, you know what? I know I'm gonna be doing this for a while, so I just I forgot the song, but I jumped in and just pretty much spoke loudly and then And it was like, it's it's a teaching moment, and it's very interesting that you were like, I'm so awful at it, I might as well give it a shot mm-hmm. because I don't. I wish more people would do that because, I mean, yeah, the lessons you learn from just taking that.
3: Yeah, you just learn, you learn so much about yourself, and that's exactly what I learned. Man, I am so nervous, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there wasn't even anyone around. Like, I just, it was like, I, yeah, right. that's crazy.
0: Um, what is, I'm um, very interested about this. So I want to know the best advice you've ever received, and then I also want to know the worst.
3: Oh, that's such a good question. I should have better answers, like, ready to go for that one. The best advice... Um, The best advice I I ever received probably was from my mother. I grew up between two boys. My brother was 10 months older than me, and my other brother was like 13 months younger. So we were boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And she said, you can do anything they can do. Don't ever let them think – don't ever think you can't do anything. The, we called them the boys, right? The, the boys can yeah. do. <laughs> and boys. so from four years old, I'm like, yeah, I can do anything the boys can do. And that was oh, such great cool. voice. Yeah, that was great advice. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. What about the worst? Worst advice.
0: Where someone said something, you're like, What?
3: I'm sure it was something to do with going out with somebody or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It always is, isn't it?
3: Yeah. (laughs) You should date him.
0: (laughs) Um, If you could get the total truth to any question possible, what question would you want answered?
3: Wow, that is a great question. The total truth to any question. What happens after you die?
2: That World's is the greatest question. That's a, literally what I was going to I was going to be like if she doesn't say it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I actually just got today in the mail a book called Some. And it's supposedly, well, it's it's supposed to be a great book, but it's 40 short stories about what happens after you die. Wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I know. That's so, really cool. Yeah, neat. Like just mm-hmm. different things to consider.
0: Have you have you started it?
3: It no, I mean literally oh, came like an hour before I left. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh I'm so glad it's here. <laughs> wow. So I want the total truth.
0: So you're you're obviously an avid reader. <laughs> yes. Top top three books, different genres. And like what, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Wow. Because I hate reading.
3: You hate reading? But
0: I'm starting, like I, I know it's important and I know I can learn so much from it. So I'm like, that's pretty much my only reason to do it. I'm like, I can it'll only benefit me in the long run. So I just do it, but I just get bored.
3: Okay. Well, I devour books. I will give you some advice. So my, like my reading was mostly to help my career for the majority of my life. It was like, I want to, you know, I love psychology. So anything that has to do with like the way the, the brain thinks and works those are like my favorites and i they like the neuroplasticity of your brain like how you can change your mind to to change the outcomes of your life yeah. are life changing for me those are probably the most the most like aha moments that i get out of books like that but what i didn't do until maybe about 10 years ago was read just random books like novels and throw away like beach books i never did that cuz i felt like oh i got to I read books, books, books to make yeah. me smarter, smarter, yeah. smarter. <laughs> and those are the best books ever because they're stories. They're not boring, right. but they give you some really interesting perspectives and language, like words you don't normally use. You know, they don't talk about, um, let's take that offline. They don't say things right. that they say in business, right? Yeah. They're just different phrases. And I'll find myself reading books. and I'm like, well, that's a cool way to say that. You know, just, I've never heard anybody sort of phrase something that way. And, I don't know. So I, I know I'm not answering your, your no, question no, about your specific comment. books. I just I have no, so many.
0: Boring was a bad word, um, but I, I mean, I guess it's true in my opinion, obviously. But I was reading Tim Ferriss' Tool, Tools of Titans. Yes. And I love it because he pretty much tells you, don't read this like a book. Like, read it for the only people you're
3: interested in mm-hmm.
0: uh, and stuff like that. And so I'm reading it, and then all, all of a sudden I'm like, I want to, like, actually remember – what I'm reading, so I go and get some sticky notes. So, like, in my Tools of Titans, I just pretty much write down, like, whoever I'm reading, like, my biggest takeaway from it. Oh, that's really so smart. Then if I'm like dealt with a scenario in life that one of those refers to, I'm like, what did this person do?
3: <laughs> do it so <laughs> perfect. I love Tim for the way Tim Ferriss has put that stuff together because it's like huge cliff He's notes.
2: Waiting. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree that I'm not super like, I'm not, I'm not super going in, like, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna go read, like, I can read, like. I can read that is a great <laughs> sure. statement to make yeah um, um, this is good. um but I always uh like like you said I always veer more towards like the novels and the things like that I didn't necessarily get into the ones that were gonna help benefit like I'll if someone recommends it to me but I've never gone out and been like I need to learn a skill let me find a book I'm always like let me find a YouTube video or a podcast yeah. Or like something that'll tell me or like an article, you know, like Wiki How is great, you know, but I mean, not for everything, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I think, you, you know, you're 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 you learn things differently. Like you remember things differently when you read them versus when you hear them or when you watch them. So I think it just depends on where you you feel like the most relaxed probably to take in the learning. Right. Are you, are you a hands on
0: learner or can you read something and it's in there?
3: I am a I'm a reader and take notes. Okay. Now there are some things that are like stick with you. Like you read it and you're like, wow, that like, I've got that. But no, I would I I actually I'm a big fan of listening to like Brené Brown's mm-hmm. podcast and then picking up the book or on leadership and then picking up the book. So listening to the person talk about what their story was and then like I want more. So it's kind of a second hit, you know? Gotcha. Or Tim Ferriss' podcasts yeah, you know. You cool. had
0: Jerry Seinfeld on the other day. And just, like, talk about how to, de- like, dive into your creativity, and it's super interesting. Oh, I'll
3: right. bet. <laughs> highly recommend it. I mean, I'm, serious, I'm Yes. I'm loving all your stuff over there. So Boston was one of my oh. favorite albums growing up. Um, my mm-hmm. first concert. Really? Yes. My favorite band yeah I love it
2: I enjoy it a lot I I don't (laughs) think it's my favorite and I've never seen them in concert
3: okay so that's all I can add to it. okay but you're just like okay (laughs) they're cool I I yes (laughs) yeah I we that was played constantly 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 so what's your first concert
1: R.E.S.B. Wagon
3: oh that's
2: a good one
1: yeah Yeah.
2: it was great yeah um I think mine was Alan Jackson, but I was really young, so my parents were like, "We'll take him to a country concert." To say we took him to a concert, uh-huh. you know. So they took me there, and like, and not that I, you know, I grew up in Indiana, so I, you know, country music's everywhere. Um, and I was like, you know, this is awesome. And then I saw, but like, it was just like it, my first like big concert concert. Like was probably AC/DC, and that was at Wrigley Field. Wow, so it was like wow. my first one that I like. I'm always like, I don't want to tell people Alan Jackson,
3: <laughs> so I'm always like ac uh-huh. I know, yeah, I know,
2: yeah. but I'm so authentic,
3: right? <laughs> okay, so mine was Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> i say yeah, It was actually Diana Ross. Oh, so okay. yeah. So again, being from Peoria pre-Civic Center and going to Bradley. That wasn't like a big concert venue really ever around. So she was one of the first early concerts there. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, So speaking of music, um, who would perform at your Super Bowl halftime show? And then what message would you want them to send?
3: Mm. Who would perform at my Super Bowl halftime show? Gosh,
2: um, like no scheduling conflicts, we can get them like okay. anyone. No ma- anyone. Right? They yeah. Can even be dead. Yeah. yeah we'll road. we'll bring them back from the dead. Yeah.
3: Awesome. <laughs> this is not is not, it's not making it easier; <laughs> it's making it harder. <laughs> like anybody, yeah. We're really expanding ever, the <laughs> Gosh. Because um, I'm thinking they have to like they have to sing and dance and they have to be loved by all. That's a very like. You know, we're we're limiting now. Yeah, but I but, but this
2: is but your, this Super, is your Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no one oh. needs to like him, but you.
3: Oh, okay. Okay, so I think my Super Bowl, I would have, I would have Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> the King, King
2: himself. Yeah, yeah,
3: I think just yeah, they're because they're cool. just off the charts talented, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. My my dad's mom, my grandma, was a big big fan of Elvis. I just.
3: It's good to sound awful, but I remember pictures of him at her feet Wow, yeah. <laughs> she was that big of a fan. Yes, yes. <laughs> and see, I like was I wasn't I didn't wasn't a huge fan growing up, but just as you sort of like really take in the talent and the life and all of the the, the different things, and I just think it'd be super entertaining.
1: Have you been to his house in Tennessee? I have not.
3: Oh, you gotta go! Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's insane. I think that would be really fun.
0: What um. What's something you all or you would always pay top top dollar for? Like there's no cut in it. You always want the best thing of this.
3: I'm so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty cheap, also. I mean, really? I say I'm sorry for money, but it turns out <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of Um, what do I want the best of? You know, I re- honestly don't pay top dollar for anything. <laughs> <Right> now, <yeah. laughs> I'm there's I, I you know, like I overpay for a lot of things. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I like probably let's say coats. Like okay. winter coats. Like I I yeah, they got to be warm and they have to look good and and that's tough in mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. So I would pay way more than I probably should for a really nice coat. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay. I've been mm-hmm. coat shopping.
0: And I agree.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, Good.
0: Where are these coats? <laughs> um, Chicago is filled with the Canadian goose jackets. Um,
3: yeah. I, I don't have one of those, but. I don't either. But I've got, I I, I, so I them. actually, <laughs> oh, I was actually in Canada and it, in October and it was not supposed to be as cold as it was. And it was freezing and I had a wimpy coat. I'm like, I'm in Canada. They have coats right. everywhere. Yeah. Gorgeous big thick coats and really inexpensive. Oh. So I didn't have to pay top dollar and get a Canadian goose coat. <laughs> you heard it here first. Winter, That's right. Yeah. Travel on up there, plus it's twenty-five percent cheaper. The dollar.
0: Um, is there a word you always misspell? Because I know you're in the business world. You send a lot of emails.
3: I do. I do use spell check yeah quite regularly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so I think I've kind of trained myself on that. But uh, nothing comes to mind. But don't get me wrong. I do misspell things. I just There's nothing that I can think of that I consistently misspell. Gotcha. Do you have one um, that you know of of mine? Like does your brother say Marian always misspells this? No. Because no, no, no. um, he's looking at me like, you got one, and I know what it is. No, I'm <laughs> I was just curious
0: because, like, like, a woman from, like, just so much that you've done and how much... You know, typing, writing, whatever. I was like, I wonder
3: if there's one word that she would just never figure out. Yeah, so there's, I think I used to misspell separate a lot. Oh, okay. Yes. And so my neighbor is a former teacher librarian, and she has all these little tricks. And she was telling my daughter, she's like, oh, you should remember things like, you know, separate, there's an A before the R and an A after the R. And so I'm like, note to self yeah. <laughs> so i didn't misspell it after that so like sure. things like that
1: um going back to your job um so you've been in sales pretty much the whole time throughout your career is that correct
3: yeah well i i was in sales for um the first probably 20 years of my career mm-hmm. and then i went into sales management okay. and then i uh, was the coo of of uh well, I built a strategic account organization, so that's really still sales management, yeah. and then was the COO of Supplemental healthcare, so which is a staffing company, okay, so the, I um, moved into operations. So I think a
1: real fear for people is like finding something they like and then falling out of love with it, especially if it's a career. So do you think that, I mean, obviously you've changed jobs a lot throughout mm-hmm. your career, but was there ever a time you remember just thinking like, oh, I don't want to do sales anymore?
3: Never. Never. No, but I didn't want to be in sales as a – that wasn't, like, my initial goal. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be in sports marketing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do the marketing sort of, you know, advertising research, that aspect of it, and took the sales job, honestly, to get out of Peoria. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. This truly is I, – I really love it. And, and probably the main reason is because it is – the great equalizer in yeah. terms of pay, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter your, how old you are, how young you are, if you're male or female or what your background or socioeconomic background is. If you're good at it, you can make a ton of money. Yeah. So It kind
1: of just goes off of you're in control more than mm-hmm. something about you holding you down. Right,
3: right. Mm-hmm. I never looked at
1: sales that way. I, yeah. Honestly, I've always thought of sales as this monotonous, horrible thing. Yeah and i feel i mean I'm, yeah i think I mean, everybody looks yeah everybody, absolutely like, i mean there's some people
3: through. i know that look at business like oh how yeah. can you? i know well so i was telling you i grew up between two boys they're both engineers my older brother the rocket scientist my younger brother is a semiconductor chip engineer and so they we all graduated around the same time mm-hmm. and i'm the salesperson right who they think is like pfft, like yeah or the person the yes so sales. yes exactly like we're the engineers building and creating and inventing things and you and so they they would talk about the sellers in their company that don't know how to sell and like, give things away and you know sales is like the used car salesman sort of mentality so the dinner table was always a lot of fun for the first maybe two years but after that like click into year three click into year four I start to make as much money as they are, maybe a tiny bit more. And they're like, wait, hold on. They're like, you're, you're yeah. <laughs> they're like, salespeople should not make as much money as us smart engineers. <laughs> so, but uh, that kind of is just, it was it kind of was my personality, I think. It just, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. meeting people.
0: What advice would you give to that low 20-year-old-ish that they're just like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do?
3: one step at a time. (laughs) Seriously, like, it doesn't matter. You don't, you are so young. Why do you need to know what you need to do? Like, I will tell you this, when I was probably, I don't know, four or five years into my job, my sales job, I I was at a hundred plus club. So, you know, it's rewards event and I am playing a golf scramble and the vice president of sales is in my team which is kind of a big wig, right? Like, my boss's boss's boss. And he says, so, Marian, you know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be in five years? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just probably want to be a VP of whatever. I actually said that. I want to be a VP of whatever. But I didn't know. it. I, you know, like, right. people are just too hard on themselves. Like You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to know. Just um, go do something.
0: I am incredibly hard on myself uh, all the time. And I'm guessing... You aren't, because, like, the, the vibe I get from you is, like, you, like, this sounds awful to say, and I'm not saying that I don't, but, like, you love who you are, and you know who you are.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's that. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think it's more, maybe there's, like, this fine line between um, reality and denial. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess I've always had the attitude of... Why look back? Like yeah. you know, every everything happens for a reason. Bad things happen, and guess what? I've lived through them. I'm still here. Like I have lived through my worst days, all of them, mm-hmm. and I don't really feel like revisiting them. Right. You know, <laughs> so I, I don't. I, I guess that's what it is. It's like I just I can do anything the boys can do. Just go for it. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <common for> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
0: all right. Final question, I'm very interesting or very interested in your answer. So, if your life if your life were a book, what would be the title? I think Thanks, mom. Yeah, <laughs> I, you
3: probably would be. I was going to say. I was going to say. Uh-huh. Be, um, like you can do the boys yeah, you can do anything the boys can do. Yeah. I mean, that's probably it. That's probably the most life-shaping, like, and I've got a lot of advice from mom that I could put in that book. So, right. yeah.
0: Yeah. In next goal, right <laughs> book? Does, have, you, have you been able to mentor, like, just, well, I mean, obviously you are, because of uh, all your volunteer experience, but, like, just the particular females, like, I feel like you have such a good aura of, like, really being able to grab them and be like, hey, you can do this, like you know has has there been any like circumstances you've had where you've figured out that you have had that impact?
3: yeah, I think that's probably why I love my job so much and and loved being a sales manager because it's much like being a teacher, yeah. and you know teachers that can help shape sort of people's futures and things like that, so yeah there's been a there's been a lot of that I think it took me a while to realize that it that. It was happening because I was just me, like I'm just a regular person, and so people are like, "No, you're actually a vice president." People like are a little scared of you, and I'm like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> They're scared of me?" But so I think that it, it took me a while to realize that, and then that was good for me to be a little more intentional about it.
0: I mean, you've obviously put your work, or like work, you've worked your ass off throughout your career. But does it does it cool to like sit back and look like, "Damn, like I've accomplished?" Them incredible things and I deserve
3: to be where I am. Would it be bad to say yes? No. <laughs> no. no, I would,
2: if I, if I was, I would be like, this is it. Like,
3: yeah. I mean,
0: I'm, like, I'm, i mean, you're obviously still hungry for more though. It's not like you're just like, yeah, I'm
3: good. You know, I, um, but, but I think it's, you know, it's changed, right? There you go through these stages where you're like, I've got to learn everything. I've got to be everything. I've got to grow and compete and, by the way, as you all probably can tell, the competing part is, it's, big. it's not gone. Right, you know. <laughs> but um, but I think just the, like, my focus on wanting to mentor people is certainly way higher now than it was 20 years ago. So it's just the shift in what I want to accomplish. But now I'm really happy with what I've accomplished. And if if nothing else, like if they said you have to retire tomorrow because, you know, whatever, I would. No, I'd find something else to do, but I, I, I wouldn't feel like oh man, I missed all of my career. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, right, yeah. All right, so. you boys have anything else? Uh, no. Uh no, little-
2: but but I mean, I feel like that's that's got to be. go with the whole sales thing like your your brain just sounds like it's wired to think that way you know like and I think with sales at least you know like I watched my dad start a company and do that and he was always very sales oriented so I always watched him go like what's the next thing like I have to keep providing for my family you know Mm -hmm. keep put food on the table and I feel like that's the sales thing because you're the controller of how much you make how successful you are So it's constantly that, like, well, I'm not going to sit here.
3: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because if I do, I'm broke. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm surprised you guys didn't ask anything about the COVID business in the COVID world. Oh, Oh.
0: (laughs) because on on your blogs, you talk about it. Yeah. Um, And I also feel like our, because I know you guys have obviously had to adjust with COVID and everything, but it's, like, I'm.
3: Tired? tired of it no no
0: it's not, I mean, I, I'm tired of isn't it isn't? <laughs> and I just think like people people are like that those answers are out there mm-hmm. you know, if they want to search for them and so I think it's on if those people are looking for the, those answers yeah and get them so I just wanted to reach good you know on you as Marianne and kind of figure out you know how you deal with adversity okay. and
3: stuff like that through your life got it but all right Thank right. you so much Thanks. for coming on. Thank My you. pleasure. <laughs> Real quick, um,
2: what? Uh, is there anywhere that you want to, like, anything you want to promote while you're here?
3: Oh, you mean, like, now that's like, okay. like, 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 like Do you
2: have, a, like, a uh, book out that you want to send people to? Do you... You should write a book I, if you haven't. I just is, assumed you had the way you yeah. carry yourself. i like, she's an author.
3: Yeah, no, it's on my list. That's one of those things that like, I'm like, I got to get to this. It's on my list. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. No, thank you. I just want to make sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. All good. Awesome. All right.
2: She's got a body, she's a hottest, she's a tenant. I'm not stopping till I get it, I'm on top,
0: yeah.
2: She flaunts it when she wants it. She's a tease, but oh, she got me, and I'm tripping over my heels,
3: yeah. She's so bad, but I want her, want her.